Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm not sure if Cam's less experience with women, in parentheses, compared to some men his age. What the fuck is... What is... I, I mean, I appreciate the review, but why do you have to keep rubbing it in my face that I'm not as experienced as other men my age? I get it. You don't need to fucking tell everyone on fucking iTunes store that I don't have a lot of sex. We all know it. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Potter. And I'm Karen Lee Potter. My mother is a self-proclaimed sex expert and cougar. And my son is a self-proclaimed stand-up comic and clown. In this podcast, we talk about everything you're not supposed to talk about with your parents. Or kids. And in this episode, we report to you live from the road. We're on a road trip, people. And we also talk about Esther Perel, who's a sexologist and relationships expert. She knows a shitload about cheating, about what what people fear in relationships. This is a juicy one, people, so stay tuned. And get ready for some hilarity. Well, if you ever plan to motor with Jack, take my way, it's the highway, that's the best. It's your that's right, people. We are on the road. We are on Route 66. Oh, she's still singing. Woo-hoo! Two thousand miles away. Do you know the words to the song? Get your kicks on Route 66. Guys, we're on a road trip going from L.A. to Chicago, Illinois, stopping at all the fun places, including... The Taj. <laughs> <laughs> the Taj Mahal being, it, it was the Taj Mahal cuisine of India, which was in a gas station on the road. Yelp reviews. Marvelous Yelp reviews. I couldn't have been more excited. And what happened? I literally think you might have like had a boner at one point talking about this. I was extremely excited about the Taj Mahal. When do you ever get to have the, the Yelp reviews were just outstanding? And it, you should read part of the Yelp reviews. Uh, do you guys do you guys want to hear some of the Yelp reviews? Basically, the first of all, mother. We're, so we're we're sharing a mic because we're in the car recording, and I don't know if you've realized, but no one can hear you when you're talking out of the mic. Okay, sorry about that, folks. I don't think they give a shit about the Taj Mahal cuisine of India. Yelp reviews. Okay, well, okay. Uh, basically, it got fabulous Yelp reviews, and they said they have some of the best chana masala in, uh, near um, Amarillo, Texas. Okay, well, we are talking about a town of like fifty people. When do you ever get Indian food in a gas station? In a sketchy gas station, by the way, it was a truck stop where, incidentally, I think that's where the dung beetle flew in the car. We had an incident. There was a cricket that oh. came into the car. 
I, I literally had an anxiety attack. Imagine driving 75 miles an hour and having a, a, not a cricket. It was not a cricket. It was a cricket. Oh, my God. Now you're trying to be, like, cool about it when you were freaking out, too? I was not freaking out whatsoever. You were freaking out and then asking me to record you freaking out because you were fucking uh, Instagramming slut. <laughs> oh, my God. You just called your mother an Instagramming slut. That's okay. correct. All right, but, but getting back to the Taj. What about it? So what happened was that Cam finds his Yelp review. Basically, I think that, that it was between that and Stucky's. And I don't think Stucky's was open. So he, we're all excited because we hadn't eaten in like eight hours. And we're heading towards this Taj, uh, the great Indian cuisine of the Amarillo, Texas. And it's in a gas station. Four and a half stars out of five on Yelp. Three reviews. Three reviews. <laughs> you didn't mention the three reviews, by the way. All phenomenal reviews. Okay. Anyway, it was literally like when you go to pay for your gas, you order off of a menu there. Uh, I might mention that the Indian uh, maybe chef slash cashier didn't speak a word of English. So I don't know how you ordered anything anyway. I spoke his language. Chicken tikka masala and some fucking roti. They were out of naan. Okay. Anyway, it was supposed to take 20 minutes and, and it didn't end. And now this is at 10 p.m. at night, by the way. So we were very excited to eat dinner, and we also had four hours, four and a half hours of driving left to do. We've been going real late these nights, people. So basically, we were jacked and pumped for some tikka masala. We sit down at the grossest, filthy tables. There was a guy literally. It was beautiful, beautiful, a beautiful setting, actually. He's being sarcastic. No, I'm not. It was a beautiful setting, and I would like to go back there and eat my fucking chicken tikka masala. Next to fucking the oil exchange, you know, all that oil shit that they have in gas stations. Now, this was a truck stop, like a diesel stop, where like the Sons of Anarchy crew members were there. No one watches the Sons of Anarchy. I don't know why you're so fucking obsessed with this show. Have I mentioned, I don't even know if on the podcast I mentioned how excited I was to meet the president of a motorcycle club. No one cares. Zero people care. This is sex talk with my mom. This... Okay, speaking of that, I was invited by one of the Motorcycle Club members to come to their big party. Okay, so it's relevant because you basically were hit on relentlessly by the fucking motorcycle gang. It was kind of hot. Okay. Anyway, the bottom line is, we put in the fucking order for the Indian food. We're waiting around there. The dogs are are not doing... We're with two dogs, by the way. There are dogs. They're they're not doing well because... We basically took them walking, and my mother has now walked her dogs in years. So, <laughs> oh, it's my fault that the dogs haven't walked. The dogs are old; they're equivalent to like ninety in dog years. So, so we were walking around with them, and basically we wore them out. Just totally wore them out. We don't, we don't want to mention the fact that <laughs> they are now service dogs. My mother bought service illegal service dog vests. We're not they're on, on Amazon. It's illegal to call your dog a service dog if it hasn't been fucking classified as one. They have performed many services in my life. Oh, yeah. What services? They bring me a lot of a lot of comfort. Oh, the, what a service. A service is doing to the So, meanwhile, we're walking into all these fucking galleries in Santa, Santa Fe with the fucking dogs. And everyone is commenting, oh, they're service dogs. They're on duty. Oh, and one of them goes, a lot of them think that you can't touch a service dog when it's... When it's Working. And they were both working at the time. <laughs> Meanwhile, one of the service dogs is like puking in the backseat right now. 
So anyway, my mom is like going on unnecessarily lying to these shop owners because they were fine with having dogs in there. I got caught up in my tangled web of deceit. Basically, literally telling one shop owner that the that the dogs go to nursing homes to 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 comfort the old people. She didn't even ask that question. I I got very involved in my in my lies. They, they started compounding. You were just straight up lying for no reason. I was prepared in case it ever really came to that. Well, meanwhile, we got these fucking service animals that everyone talks about, and then it can't touch, so it makes it even more awkward. <laughs> anyway, but the point is that the service animals were worn out from walking all throughout the galleries in Santa Fe, and we get to this Taj Mahal, Taj, Taj Mahal the Indian cuisine. And they fucking... After an hour waiting there, describe what it, what it was like. Every, everyone knows what it was like. It was a fucking Indian restaurant in a gas station. What the fuck else do you want? Where, where they have like like they have they sell things like this. Right? Mom, what are you doing? You just, just, you. You're driving. Just what what do you have to do? What what? Why do you have to do this? It had, it had a shirt that says, and my mother, of course, took a fucking picture of this. I like my women like I like my rear tires wide. <laughs> that's that's an example of the classy joint that the Taj was in. So, meanwhile, I was waiting who around. Goes, who goes to an Indian cuisine restaurant that's in uh, literally a, a very dank is dank a good word or bad word? Uh, it's, a, it's suggesting good. It's a beautiful Sinclair gas no, station. It was not beautiful at all. It was really filthy and disgusting. And a guy that we were sitting next to basically was sleeping on the bench next to us. And he was waiting, as was I, for my fucking beautiful chicken tikka masala. And you can sm- smell the beautiful scents of India wafting in from the kitchen. So after an hour, I'm, I go up to the guy who, who communicates with me only through the Indian menu. And, and he... <laughs> We, I guess basically gesture enough times to my watch that didn't exist that it was time to go and we haven't seen our food yet. You forgot to mention a key part of the story. Which was? When we arrived there and you were very disappointed. I was disappointed because I, I, it appeared that the restaurant did not exist because I thought it was going to be a bigger part of the gas station, but instead it's just a few tables in the gas station. Not tables. They were like... They, I don't even know what they, they were. They were beautiful little benches. And I, when, I, when I realized that there was Indian food on those tables, I had a celebration that rivaled the... Uh, uh, the no, no. <laughs> what, what is it? Oh, fuck. Diwali. Diwali? It, it's an Indian holiday. They, they spray each other. They, they throw colors at each other. I w- I was my fucking Diwali when I found that. Okay, so you were... At first you were disillusioned. Then you were... In a, on a roller coaster of emotions because you found out that it really did exist and then you waited uh, more than the 20 minute allotment, allotted time I mean, I mean I was so you have to understand I was so excited that I was going to buy my mom this dinner yeah. that's how excited I was and you know that not a meal has been bought <laughs> this entire trip yeah yeah that's correct <laughs> so when I find Indian food in, in, in a gas station that is going to be on me Unfortunately, I didn't get the pleasure of paying for her because after an hour and a half of waiting in the fucking gas station, they come back to me and tell me... He tried to ignore me at first. and told, So I go, when the fuck is the food coming? You said fuck? No, I didn't say fuck. I kindly, sheepishly said, is it going to come out soon? <laughs> and, and, and he responded, 20 minutes? And I was like, it was, it was supposed to be 20 minutes, an hour and a half ago. So we blew the fuck out of there. 
I wasn't. I was. I was elated when you came back and said it was going to be another twenty minutes. I was not elated. I was infuriated. So we got in the car and we started driving for the next four and a half hours, only to stop once at a Waffle House, which was the call anyway. I don't know if you guys have tried Waffle House. They're not. There is a a place in Santa Rosa. No, no, Elk City. Was it Elk City no, that we, we said? Uh, we were. Is, there are waffle houses everywhere. Stop at one and get. Do yourself a favor. Get yourself a goddamn waffle. When you walk in there, you feel like you're home. I was at home at two thirty in the fucking morning eating a waffle with my mother. Anyway, guys, can we? They were blasting, they were blasting music. Everyone was friendly. It was one of the most pleasurable. Uh, if I had been high, it would have been better. Mom, Jesus Christ. Speaking of which, <laughs> my mother insisted that we bring. My weed. Do you, are you okay with me sharing this? Yeah, but it's my this weed. I I never smoke weed. I, I two thousand and eight. I have weed from two thousand eight because my mother fucking purchased it for me. Well, it, literally ten years. It it it, it it could have been like nine years old. I've never smoked it. I she, she saw I was about to throw it out. She said, "We have we have to take this with us." So I said, "Oh my fucking god!" So she puts it in the car. And I've been neurotic as fuck about getting pulled over and f- them finding the fucking weed. I have to admit being a little paranoid, too, so I hid it in my suitcase. No one is smoking this stupid-ass weed that probably tastes more like oregano at this point than any, than any other herb. Agreed. Anyway, okay, we wanted to start... It's it's a shame to throw any weed out. You can't do it. Can we just start the fucking show? You the, oh, this whole you, we had a plan for the show. I was so excited about it, and then you start. Next thing you know, you're talking about the fucking Taj Mahal the whole goddamn time. They got a cricket in the car. I didn't even get to how frightening that experience was. Can you play a little of that? I will not play a little of that. I'm moving on from this goddamn discussion so we can stick to the goddamn schedule. We wanted to incorporate something new this week, which is called the review of the week. This is the review of the week. We find this on the iTunes store. We love when you guys leave reviews for us. It is what keeps our show going and gets it spread more and more. So we wanted to highlight some of our favorite ones. So this week, the review of the week is from John Carey 5 He says, this is a, a bit of a long one, so here we go. Since being a teenager in puberty, I've liked women of all varieties, MILFs included, now at 30, I was just searching through podcasts around 2016. November 2016, stumbled upon this one. I forget how I stumbled onto it, but nonetheless, I did. We know exactly how he stumbled onto it. He had mentioned MILF, and he was looking up MILFs. And of course, our fucking podcast comes on when anyone searches for MILF. Anyway, going on. The contrast between mid-20s Cam, in parentheses, the son and apparently not as experienced as some men his age... Thank you for that clarification, that descriptor, and Karen, parentheses, 50-plus sexy mother. I love this review. Discuss different sexual topics, sometimes with guests who are famous or with guests who have experience. Even guests who aren't celebrities make for interesting and entertaining discussions. My favorite guest so far is Nina Hartley. I haven't heard every episode of the show, but working to catch up. Haven't had a disappointment yet. For those of you who don't know Nina Hartley, why are you pulling the microphone? I'm pulling it away because you're screaming into the microphone. It's going to create feedback. Oh, sorry. Okay, so for those of you who don't know Nina Hartley and just started this podcast, we've done many episodes with Nina. She happens to be one of the iconic porn stars. 
that have ever existed. And she happens to be a personal friend of mine who I go get manicures and pedicures with. Why are you so proud of the fact that you go get fucking mani-pedis with a porn star? It's not a porn star. She's one of my, my BFFs. Actually, she is my best friend in Los Angeles. All right. That's good. All right. I'm not sure. She's also a sex educator. That's phenomenal. Okay. I'm not sure if Cam's less experienced with women, in parentheses, compared to some men his age. What the fuck is... What is... I, I mean, I appreciate the review, but why do you have to keep rubbing it in my face that I'm not as experienced as other men my age? I get it. You don't need to fucking tell everyone on fucking iTunes store that I don't have a lot of sex. We all know it. We know it. You listen to it for five seconds, you're going to know that I haven't had a lot of sex. You don't need to keep rubbing the shit in here. Anyway, he says he's not sure whether my lack of experience is an act, although I could see it being that way for comedy. It says he does stand up for a living, but it's not really annoying. What the fuck does that mean? But it's not really annoying and does help to have a counterpoint to his mother's Karen Karen's knowledge. <laughs> Great. Great. I'm so happy that I can be my mom's foil when it comes to her immense knowledge of sex. Something just hit the door. <laughs> yeah, it was karma. It was karma telling us. But literally, something just hit the door, and it wasn't the cricket. And by the way, that wasn't a cricket. We're not going back to the fucking cricket discussion. Anyway, his final paragraph of this wonderful review is: either way, it's an entertaining show, sometimes informative on sex topics, and is interesting. I find it to be better than many more boring podcasts I've stumbled across since I started regularly using the podcast app in the last few months. I like this review a lot. Wow. That is such a nice... I, I'm very grateful for, for John KRE05. I'm glad you're getting enjoyment out of this. I'm glad that you're making sure that everyone knows on the iTunes store that I have not had a very active sex life. Thank you. <laughs> okay, but he is obviously a, a, a well-versed listener. Thank you. Okay. And we will, we will honor people that take the time to write things that resonate with us and we will be happy to read yours in the next uh, episode of Sex Talk with My Mom. So go to the iTunes store and leave a review. Por favor! That's our review of the week. Okay, th- now I, th- th- what I really wanted to discuss was that was something that we listened to um, when we were, uh, were, were on this road trip. We were listening to a Tim... Jesus Christ. We were listening, we were listening to the Tim Ferriss show, which if you haven't listened to that podcast, it's phenomenal. I'm trying to turn... I'm trying to turn on this excerpt of the podcast that we listen to, but it keeps going on to Route 66, okay, that fucking song. On Route 66. I love this song. But I, I might mention what I think just happened. That noise that we heard might have been the the wheel cover falling off or something like that. It's a possibility. I'm looking in my mirror. doesn't look good right back there. Uh, you don't have a wheel covering, so I'm not concerned about it. Okay. All right, so this was from an episode of the Tim Ferriss Show called The Relationship Episode. Uh, It's about sex, love, and polyamory and uh, marriage. This was an interview that Tim Ferriss did with Esther Perel, who is an awesome... I've mentioned Esther Perel before on this podcast. uh, She's amazing. She's a true sexologist and brilliant woman. What I lo- and she wrote a book called Mating in Captivity. I highly recommend you guys check that book out. It's a very, very interesting book about all the subjects that Cam just mentioned. 
So this is an excerpt from that interview, and uh, I want to play it just to give us a little something to spark some convo. Here it is. By the way, when I was listening to this in the car with my mother, I fucking, I, I fucking, I, I creamed my goddamn pants while I was listening to this. <laughs> was I not completely ecstatic? He would literally, like, put it on pause and just try to digest it and then turn it back on again. We listened to it three times. Here, here's the fourth time. Here you go. See, couples have a setup, right? In a setup, every couple has a setup. It's an organization, right? In every couple, you will often find one person who is more in touch with the fear of losing the other and one person who is more in touch with the fear of losing themselves. One person more in touch with the fear of abandonment and one person more in touch with the fear of suffocation. And that tells you which is the one that is more interested sometimes in experiencing open boundaries and non-monogamy. Okay. Unbelievable. I, I love this dichotomy of people who are separating people. These In, in any given relationship, you're going to have one person who's more scared of losing the other and one person who's more scared of feeling constricted. And, and you probably have a, a little combination of both, but you tend towards one side or the other. In my experience, this has been 100% accurate. In my experience, it changes. And I, I call it more of like a power dynamic, who has more of a power or control of the, over the relationship. And I think that vacillates too, you know, in terms of it just goes up and down. Sometimes, you know, it goes back and forth. It's not a set, stagnant, you know, marker. I think some people are predisposed to want more space. And so I like this idea of like one person is afraid of losing themselves and the other person is afraid of losing the other person. And I think people tend to be predisposed to one or the other based on their upbringing, their parenting, stuff like that. The way they're wired is what you're saying. I think it's biological and nature and nurture. Oh, okay. For example, for me, I have found that I'm often the person in the relationship who is afraid of losing myself and afraid of being suffocated by the other person, which makes me very hesitant to get into any relationships real quickly. And why is that? Why do I, why do I have this predisposition? Or what, what? Yeah, why are you fearful of that? I think in the in in my well, first of all, I think it has a lot to do with my relationship with you, and that you showered me with. We we talked about this. You were showering me with love like a motherfucker when I was a kid, and that. So I I the fear of being abandoned or, or losing the other your love was not very present present for me because you you did, did you did shower me with that. So in the, instead, you get the the opposite end of the spectrum, which is like, oh my god. Yeah, well, how do I, you know, the fear is what if you're they're overbearing and I'm living through their eyes, you know? I think it changes again. Like I said, when you were in uh, kindergarten, you would type in the typewriter, I miss you, mommy, every day. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that's true. I mean, I, I, I probably varied back and I guess in that situation, I would. Yeah, so it, there is this paradox as well where you can have. Uh, it, it does. Va- I guess it does vacillate back and forth. I, I, you can have both at the same time, almost. Yeah, it's a pretty complex subject. It's not something that I think is going to be that easily to to dissect without really listening again to her podcast and understanding the full dynamic of what she's trying to talk about. Well, the, why the fuck did we play this fucking episode? It's not going to be easy to dissect unless you listen to the fucking episode. 
No, I mean it's just she just took a portion of it, and it, it there's a it's pretty the whole subject matter is pretty complicated about the like a push pull type of thing. What what side of the spectrum do you tend towards? I guess it, what what you're basically asking is about, and, and and you don't like to say this, but if you took a spectrum and you put the narcissist who is codependent on the codependent person and the codependent who is codependent on the narcissist, you're that's what I think you're talking about here. Okay, so I okay, so what my mother is referring to is another psychological theory, which is I don't think you're even explaining that accurately, but basically in, in a relationship where you can. Okay, so in any given relationship, you two people are interacting, and you have one person who is considering themselves more than the other. And now I disagree. So you're saying that you're calling one person the narcissist, meaning they're concerned only with their own, their own, their self more so than the other person, and then one person the codependent, which is not the correct terminology, who loses themselves, who loses themselves to the other person. But in reality, they're both codependent on each other, so that's it's not accurate to just say the other person's codependent. Yeah, right. In any case, I th- I think that you can be a narcissist with but in both situations. If even if you fe- you can be a narcissist and fear losing another person, and and it, because that fear is overwhelming, you you just c- grab a hold of the other person, or you could be a narcissist in saying that I, I'm scared of losing myself and I'm the only person that is important and so I'm going to always push away every single other person. Well, that's why I say it's a continuum. I don't think it's black and white. I don't think someone's only a narcissist or someone's only the codependent part of it. I think that it, there's a there's a mid-range there. I think most people fall in between those two poles. With, with traits of both. Some people have more traits of narcissism and some people don't. You know, it just depends on, like you said, the nurture versus uh, the nature. But but what I'm saying is that you can have both fears and still be a narcissist. It, it I don't think that you can correlate one with the other. Okay. Do you agree or disagree? I'm not 100% sure what you're saying. Are you having trouble because you're driving and I'm trying to do it like a kind of a, a deeper discussion? Yeah, I am. I, I could tell you're. you're I, I understand that this is this is very challenging. Do you want to keep it a little lighter? I think I would like to keep it a little lighter right now because I'm driving at 75 miles an hour in Oklahoma with, with possible contraband on board. Yeah. <laughs> now, I got another question. Not to change the subject, but if we somehow get arrested for having pot and it's really old pot, so it's not really potent, does that count as an offense? Wow. That's that's fucking wonderful. That's great, Mom. All right. Well, you're really bringing this show to a complete standstill. Okay. So I think it's another time when I'd love to hear the listeners' uh, responses to this. Uh, basically, we're just wondering if... I think the whole subject comes up because of cheating. That's the reason that she brought up the fear of losing someone and why people tend to, even the cheaters, um, tend to push the other person. And sometimes, you know, you always hear about people projecting things too. Like, you know, I knew someone who was a cheater and he used to accuse his wife all the time of cheating when, in fact, it was him that was the cheater. So I think that she brought up this whole power dynamic, well, as, as you put it, is, is the losing control, uh, losing the fear of losing oneself because of this whole cheating thing uh, that the Tim Ferriss had asked her about the cheating and whether or not... Um, you know, why people cheat and that type of thing. All right. So you wanted to leave them with a question. I feel like I'm doing, I'm like translating for you through the, like, this is road talk. 
you like because it's not really you're not making a hundred percent sense i'm bringing up a lot of psychological terms here that i like i said i don't have the ability to concentrate fully on so just throwing it out there to get some more listener response yeah yeah i I think that's great uh we would love to hear do you do you reside on one side of that spectrum do you even agree that the spectrum is a thing where you kind of have either uh, pro, uh, you're, you're more prone to being fearful that you're going to lose the other person versus more prone to being fearful you're going to lose yourself to the other person. Let us know where you sit on that spectrum, whether this has affected your relationships. And uh, we would love to chat about it in our next show when we're able to actually sit down and, and digest this further. I, uh, <laughs> I, I thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, Mother, do you have any last words before you get written, driven off the road? Let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the narcissist and the codependence. Thank you guys for listening. As always, our email is sextalkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also call or leave a voicemail at 323-472-4237. And if you really would like to do us a big favor, give a Yelp review about... An iTunes store review. What the fuck, a Yelp review? I was telling I think it would be important for everyone to give a Yelp review. We don't have a Yelp page. About the Taj. That is correct. If you're interested, please leave a review for the Taj Mahal Cuisine of India. Just, you know, eyeball it. Imagine what it would look like and taste like because that's exactly what we got. And if you go to our Instagram page, we will be posting pictures of inside the Taj. Video and picture of my whole journey, the whole roller coaster of my experience with the Taj Mahal. Actually, I'm going to put it on YouTube as well. So we'll have many social media platforms where you could check out Cam and the Taj. At Sex Talk with my mom on Instagram and YouTube. Thank you guys so much. Love y'all. Bye. Well, it winds from Chicago to L.A. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.